Raiders. I'm jumping in here at the beginning to remind everybody that we are running a sort of raffle special on a very, very special toy. An 8-inch Q uh, from Star Trek TNG. Q as portrayed by John DeLancey in his original appearance in the first uh, season of Star Trek The Next Generation in the, the fancy getup where he serves as cosmic judge over uh, Picard and the Enterprise and the human race. It is a weird uh, Walmart toy that Gavin and I will sign and ship to you if you win our raffle for the special non-specific multi-port holiday of your choice wintertime extravaganza so to get uh to get automatically entered into said raffle all you have to do is jump over to paypal.me slash oops all monsters make a one-shot contribution of twenty dollars or more twenty dollars or more there or sign up at the patreon for five dollars or more a month at Patreon dot com slash oops all monsters so anybody who enters in either of those categories who wants to support the show in that way will automatically get added into this raffle and then we will announce it week or week or first week or second week of january where i said earlier we're going to cut people off around january 5th we'll stop uh we'll stop looking at who enters the raffle so get us over at paypal.me slash oops all monsters or patreon.com slash oops all monsters all right on to the show welcome to oops all monsters the deadly unserious show about creatures cryptids and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful west virginia that weirdo with me when I can get him to stop electrifying sumo wrestlers down at the bathhouse is Gavin. <laughs> and this weirdo with me, who is definitely in the spirit, is Hess. This one, I don't know what you're saying there, but okay. <laughs> this is, this is references that, it's like, this is, this show is full of references that the audience doesn't get. And then there's, that's like... References I don't get. <laughs> like, I don't know. We're all, we're all lost. Okay, cool. All right. And we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond on a rotating basis. Each of us brings a monster into the shop unknown to the other presenter and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear readers at home. As a quick reminder, images that we reference throughout the show will be included uh, on our Instagram at oopsallmonsters. Please get us over there to get a better sense of what we're talking about in a visual uh, style for the show at our Instagram. Um, yeah. So let's see. Today is going to be a Gavin episode. Da, 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 da. Um, so therefore, I have been uh, uh, I have been put up to take us on a brief detour into the strange and unlikely corridors 
the strange and unlikely corners of the English language that we like to call... Villain's vocabulary. I have a word. What's the word? Uh, the word is Jowska. The word Jowska. is uh, Jowska. <laughs> Um, it is a Jowska is a noun. It's spelled J-O-U-S-K. J-O-U-S-K. I'm sorry. J-O-U-S-K-A. Jowska. Yeah. And it is a noun that is a hypothetical conversation that you compulsively play out in your head. Holy crap. Uh, a crisp analysis, <laughs> a cathartic dialogue, a devastating comeback, which serves as a kind of psychological batting cage where you can... Connect more deeply with people than in the small ball of everyday life, which is a frustratingly cautious game of change-up pitches, sacrifice bunts, and intentional walks. That um, really? deliciously outlined uh, version of it is from DictionaryofObscureSorrows.com. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> com because somebody who is underpaid for their English degree, yeah. um, is putting that up there. there. I, don't I guess apparently there's a word for the thing that I do constantly. I am constantly in a state of Jowska. <laughs> well, it's not an uncommon thing um, yeah. because people, particularly of different neurotypes, um, yeah. uh, process uh, conversations I, 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 in oh, a, a different way than neurotypical folks. Yeah, so, my um, father does this all the time. I noticed it. We used to make fun of him when we were young because he would talk to himself and, like, adjust things because we'd notice in the pattern that he would repeat certain things and, like, the way that he pointed and mumbled yeah. to himself. We didn't know what he was saying, but then he would go through the pattern again and change one thing. And huh. um, now, like, ever since I turned 30, uh, it's been getting worse and worse until I'm full-blown talking to myself out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and reviewing situations where I could have said something hilarious or made a point better. And that's the uh, Jowska. I can't believe there's a word for it. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> replaying an argument in your head where you say all the right things and win the argument. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, right. I do that all the time. You're all welcome. So that has been your... Villainous vocabulary. All right, moving on from <laughs> villainous vocabulary, Gavin, how can we possibly imagine introing our segment today, which um, I think actually, um, by the way, before I, before I open it up for you, I think very likely um, today is going to be maybe our Christmas episode. Huh, um, well, that might work out then. Yeah, either we're at Christmas or right by it. Um, I yeah. have I have like a, an aphasia that prevents me from understanding calendars properly. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a joke, but um, it is not. And yeah. so it's also there's maybe there's some little bit of flexibility as to when this episode is going to come out. So yeah. Um, anyway, it, Merry fucking Christmas stuff. It either tis or twas the season for. Yep today's Gavin Monster, which will be brought up in an imagine that, if you will, and you'll probably get it real quick. Okay. But imagine that you are a television executive and also Bill Murray. Uh, okay. You're in okay. charge okay. of a network affiliate, most likely a Fox. 
Uh-huh. And the night before Christmas, your old dead boss, John Forsyth, terrifyingly portends to you the coming of even more spirits in what is explained as a Christmas tradition <laughs> consisting of the harrowing of a rich business asshole by three spirits whose phantasmal powers all depend on different aspects of time, past, uh -huh. present, and future. So after okay. the front man for the New York Dolls takes you on a taxi ride and the younger Vivian from Kimmy Schmidt punches you in the face a bunch of times, <laughs> um, yeah. comes 10 to 12-year-old Gavin's favorite part of the movie, the spirit that is actually just a set piece that Gavin is now classifying as a movie monster because of the suggested extra powers that this creature employs. <laughs> so the let me, Scrooged okay. specific Christmas future. <laughs> okay, ghost. Christmas future. <laughs> yeah. Just, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, because I mean, I got it in the. I got it with Scrooge in the first sentence, but there's yeah. actually a lot of options in Scrooge now that I think. Yeah, about there it. is. There's lots of supernatural characters available to reference it. Oh, I mean, there's at least the three Christmases. Yeah. And then there's also the the zombie boss. Yeah. Um, who who else is there? So there's um, there's David Johansson as um, Christmas Past. Yeah. There's... Uh, Carol Kane. Carol Kane as Christmas Present. Yeah. And the... And I guess the... So the subject of our episode today in Scrooge is the... Basically, um, basically, art department effects piece, which I presume somebody is inside of, but I know we'll get to that. That is yeah. um, Christmas Future, and yeah. then we've got the zombie boss. I'm trying to think of if anybody else is um, supernatural in the movie. Well, is, a, that, is that well, it? There's a brief moment where. Uh, the Christmas future ghost uh, reveals or Bill Murray looks inside of the costume to see if the guy's in there. And there's a bunch of goblins trapped in the rib cage. <laughs> oh, no, I, I mean, I no, Yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. Yeah. I, I'm quite I, I mean, the ghost of Christmas future is on screen. Maybe a total of like 20 seconds in the movie, including the yeah. scene where it like including it shuffling him into the um, the, you know, his own his own funeral uh, or, yeah. or his own. I get that's not his funeral, is it? It's like a it's a weird, yeah. surreal um, like cremation ceremony. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Which that's is a, weird to view the cremation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's surreal because you don't usually you probably don't have a ceremony where you're like, oh, Frank. What the hell is this that you say? What, did I die? You were a jerk. And then also just like watch him and cackle as he gets cremated. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're kind of getting off. We're kind of getting off of here, but. Oh, no, it's fine. That's how this episode is probably needed to be structured. You might not think that there's a lot of meat here, but there's so much to get into. There's a lot okay. of podcast meat in this bundle. I'm I'm excited. Because did you did you notice that uh, I actually um, poured the, this was uh, in my portents or my reading my tea leaves or reading the entrails because <laughs> yeah. I put. Carol Kane saying it's a toaster in the previous episode, or, you know, the episode yeah. just a minute ago. <laughs> it's a toaster. Um, <laughs> my family's been saying that forever. It's our, the funniest thing in the whole fucking movie. Um, Carol, <laughs> Carol Kane is magic. She's just yes. something else.
she's she steals the show with uh bill murray opposite her she steals the show from bill murray which is (laughs) hard to do yeah it is (laughs) because it's very rarely that bill is like the straight man in a scene like even if he's tone if he's dialing himself way way down um You very rarely have people that can, like, lift the weight necessary to, like, really swing for the fences around him. It takes people like Bobcat Goldthwait and Carol Kane to to actually, like, (laughs) um, soak up enough light in the room to, you know, to, to take it over a little bit. And yeah, that's, that's it's one of the main things about this movie is they have people that are so good that they can um, really take screen time away from Bill Murray in a good way. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Another uh, thing that I noticed was that Carol Kane, unlike Sigourney Weaver, uh, Candace Bergen, um, and in this movie, uh, Karen Allen is an actress who is not naturally and genuinely enthralled by Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> I s- okay, I see. Um, she, yeah, I mean, the character is definitely very, um, hmm, the, 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 it, she's obviously playing like a capricious fairy, but just, yeah. just generally not impressed <laughs> as like all of the, <laughs> all of the ghosts are. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously the lesson part of it is, like, the ghosts are not um, subject to the whims of capitalism, for yeah. one. But I, I think it was also on Carol Kane's part to be... Um, I, I, I'm not sure what Bill Murray has, and I would love to have it. I might have it, I don't know, because um, people seem to like me and stare at me in that way. But look at those actresses' eyes. Sigourney Weaver, Candace Bergen, and Karen Allen especially. They're not acting. They genuinely love Bill Murray. Yeah. What is it? They look at him. And Emma Stone cannot lift her jaw from the floor (laughs) in Zombieland whenever he's on screen with her. Yeah. What is he in with Candace Bergen? It's just not coming. Um, Saturday Night Live. Oh. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have that first season of Saturday Night Live, like, (laughs) like, totally um, VHS into your mind, uh, even more. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a good point. Well, he. So there's a there's like a thing that certain people like I really like Bill Murray, but I have more of it with, say, like Steve Martin, Um, where if they're on, I I basically cannot look at anything else. Um, Yeah, I highly recommend you could you could actually you could actually come over and watch some of it. It's it's the the only murders in the building is so fucking good. I saw that advertised a lot. I haven't it's seen it. It's very popular, and because it's, it really is as good as as um, you could. Ima- <laughs> it's better than you can imagine being, frankly. And 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 separate from Steve Martin, who I cannot not stare at when he's on on camera, whether he's playing yeah. like kind of a a creep who's dating a woman that's way too young for him, or a philosophizing yeah. philosophizing yeah. maniac. He. Uh, also, I have to say, I think it's the best Martin Short performance 
ever. Really? Like, uh, like yes. Uh, hmm. I, it is. It is absolutely because... the most enjoyable Martin Short performance I have ever seen, and my partner agrees. Well, <laughs> few um, things make me laugh as much as Jiminy Glick. <laughs> I don't like Jiminy Glick. It's too. It's. It, <laughs> I don't, I, not a lot of people do. It's a comedian's comedy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe it's a mental patient's comedy. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, very, it's that it's, too. It's very, <laughs> it's very schizophrenic to, to, I mean, it's probably uncool to say that anymore about anything, but like, no, that's fine. it's very, he really, it's like, he's just doing the show that he was doing in his room when he was 15. Absolutely. Um, yeah. at, at you for 25 minutes at a time and yeah, it's a well, little that's it's a little bit thing. too unhinged for me it's kind of like the dana carvey show where you're like holy yeah. shit was, was there somebody in the writer's room to say no to things like, yeah i'll correct that like okay nothing makes me laugh as much as five minutes of jiminy <laughs> yeah okay see that's the thing yeah. but instead yeah. you've got 24 minutes <laughs> and you're yeah you're, you can only go pee so many times before you're like i think maybe and, and and speaking of like suggesting things and writing wrongs, I I said that Cowboy Bebop was awesome until I watched the last episode and it's garbage. Uh, that's too. Actually, I was going to bring that up because we were watching it and it fucking rules. Um, so we yeah. have not gotten to the last episode of the season, but I I I've been loving it. And I yeah, I isn't did, it great? I did watch the first <laughs> episode of the um, original. Um, anime version to like to to juice my memory. Yeah, and it's way better than I remembered actually. And yeah. but the the show is shockingly good at making something that is in the vicinity of appropriately styled and satisfying for all yeah. of, all of the ingredients because it's a hell of a thing to try to make. Yeah, yeah, I know it must have been really difficult and. And there was a good chance that if you're kind of retooling it, that you're going to take a wrong turn. And unfortunately, yeah. they kind of did. <laughs> okay. Well, don't tell me. I don't want it spoiled for me. Yeah, I'm still, I won't I'm get still into enjoying specifics. it. I'm only like halfway through the season. Yeah. Um, well, okay, good. Then you have yet to see Mad Perot, which you will yeah, like. Yeah, I have not. Just uh, squirt all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I but anyway, will. I've got a catchphrase for this episode, which is this movie got the Dickens retooled out of it. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. <laughs> yep. Um, sure. It'll, I'm sure it'll be a meme by tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> so what do you want? What do you want to tell us about? Well, what do you want to tell us about Scrooge and the ghost of Christmas future, which I, you know, we, yeah. I've, We've been talking about going specific. It's really fucking specific. Yeah, back yeah, back to specifically the Ghost of Christmas Future, I feel like, in all of the tellings of it, that um, they all accurately depict Dickens' uh, concept that he wanted to bring with it of um, metaphysical application to how the phantasm is manifested, which is, if you are a dark and miserly be like like miserable asshole uh that deserves these three spirit punishment then your future is going to be dark and full of terrible things and eventual rotten death and nobody will like you making usually the appearance of the grim reaper okay and that's 
that was a lot to say. That I pretty much covered it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, the the ghost of Christmas future is an embodiment of your your inevitable death to act as a me- yeah. memento mori to say stop being such a miserly c- bastard. Um, yeah. and, and start. Nobody you know, will care when you're gone, and, which yeah. seems to be the only point that you can make after you say, "Well, you're gonna die." Yeah, it should really <laughs> kick you into um, reevaluating your priorities. Yeah, and the um, Scrooge-specific Grim Reaper has a television for a face instead of a skull. It's a skull on a television, and then he or it. Um, uses the television to flash moments and uh, also introduce the next scene, like when he's walking down a hallway. Yeah. uh, It's broadcast to him a second before he does it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's a really good way to write that. Yeah, the the Ghost of Christmas future um, in in Scrooge is like, it's doing a lot with a little bit because you have... It, and it's I like that it is a um, you know it's a kind of rules of th- it's a rule of threes trick because in the in the Ghost of Christmas Past in David Johansson um, you have somebody yeah. who's very over the top and kind of like charismatic <laughs> and um, h- hard to ignore you know yeah. uh, and then Niagara and then and, Falls, uh, yeah <laughs> Niagara Falls Frankie Angel and and. Yeah. <laughs> In Carol Kane, you have a totally different flavor of, but the same general thing. Whereas somebody yeah. that is also um, explosively charismatic and impossible to take your eyes off of, and really dynamic, and you don't know what they're going to do next. And then <laughs> the, in the rule of threes joke, your third option is a complete left turn, where you're not yeah. you're not even using a an actor who is portraying the character except in very um, kind of Jim Henson-y sort of fashions. And instead, it's more of a uh, a puppet and a written concept and an art department um, actualization of an idea. And, yeah. you know, the performer underneath is doing relatively little. He's kind of like shifting this way and shifting that way and kind of like <laughs> yeah. gesticulating with the bone hand. And, and that's kind of it. You know, the the yeah. the concept is doing the work for you. But um, what do, what do I yeah. do not? What do I not know about this? Because I'm very curious. Um, what do you not? Well, I mean, know I, I don't. The... There's there's I don't. I mean, it's on screen so little. It's it's easy to not have a lot of background on what is up with the Ghost of Christmas Future. Yeah, I well, I tried to find out who made the costume and who designed all of it, and that was a fun and bizarre rabbit hole that I went down, and I do, I still don't have an answer. But <laughs> okay, the <laughs> I have a lot of uh, pretty good possibilities. Which is, there was a um, costume and uh, uh, character designer named Jennifer Butler, who also did Ghostbusters. So, she probably had a hand in it, uh, as well as a a person named Wayne Finkelman, who did a lot of costumes for... uh, uh, Have you seen The Golden Child? Um, uh, like remember the demon from the Golden Child? Uh, you mean like the the the, the puppet the thing. Eddie Murphy movie? <laughs> yeah, I not since it came out, so I do not remember there being <laughs> a monster in it. So I have no fucking clue what oh. you're talking about. 
Oh, well, then never mind. <laughs> never mind. No, he did the monster for that, and that's it. He was just a co regular costume designer for everything else. And it seems like a regular costume designer man, who is uh, Wayne Finkelman, um, just had to make a, a giant set-piece puppet and um, transform the idea of the Ghost of Christmas Future into, a, like, a retold awesome thing, and he pulled it off. Okay. Which is... But uh, a definite feat of artistic expression, and eventually, unfortunately, Wayne Finkelman died of AIDS in 1994, uh, and there's a memorial yeah. for him. Oh well, yeah. But but of all the name, he came up uh, in most of the searches. Who I was trying to find out who made the damn thing, and uh, Wayne Finkelman seemed to come up often. So. For Oops All Monsters part, I think we should credit Wayne Finkelman for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm noticing this 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 individual Jennifer Butler who used to be yeah. married. This Jennifer Butler I'm looking at um, w was married to Bill Murray, and she was a yeah. costumer <laughs> um, on um, Groundhog Day and Firestarter and Last of the Mohicans. Looks like they. <laughs> Looks like they <laughs> yeah, broke I was up. Get they to divorced that. because of uh, abuse and alcoholism. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you don't which, love to see that. Which was, yeah, another weird thing to Four discover children. in said rabbit hole, which is the uh, she worked with him on the movie that was about um, changing your future <laughs> yeah. to be a better person, and their divorce was from, like, asshole, selfish, rich people problems. <laughs> Yeah. Like alcohol abuse and <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. the the whole The whole um, damn, they had four children. I yeah, I think the, the whole like famous actors who act act miserably, kind of like zone. You know, I actually, um, you know, I proposed this to, to kids that I was teaching last year of, of uh, cause we did like a whole, I don't know, a week, week and a half, a week or week and a half on ethics. And, um, yeah. th there was a part where I talked about, you know, what, what is your responsibility as a consumer of, um, celebrity, any kind of celebrity, an athlete, an actor, an artist, um, uh, of somebody whose stuff is great, but they're a total jackhole in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for <laughs> yeah. instance, because a lot of these are not as easy as you would like. You know what I mean? Like, because um, Jimi Hendrix supposedly, like, choked his spouses in a way that was not, like, what they wanted. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Jim, Jim Jimmy Morrison was a, was a, was a total, total douchebag. Jim Morrison I mean, also. The, yeah. the, what's his name? The most recent, the, not the most recent Batman, but the most recent popular Batman. What does he hit his mom with a phone? <laughs> like, uh, Christian yeah, Bale. Christian Bale famously, like, supposedly hit his. <laughs> Did he hit his mother with a Like phone? a real phone. Like, a, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the point is, like. Christian Bale and, uh, What's his name? Russell 
the Oscar. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that much about eater. Russell Crowe other than him being generally Russell. violent. I mean, like, if you're just violent yeah. to the press, I, that's, I'm fine with that. Well, it's, there's another, there's a specific rage where you hit something or somebody with a phone. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, be, I know because I've done it. I haven't, I did not hit a person, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. But I did smash the crap out of uh, a game console with a phone because it's big and heavy and it's something that you put your hand on all the time. It's got, it's grippable, so yeah. It's, yeah, it means that your mind is uh, moving in a way that you are seeking a mm. weapon to destroy something. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> the thing that you manually handle all the time, the phone, is the closest weapon and then you grab it, utilize it, and... Um, if you if you like if you hit something with a phone, then you're a violent, terrible person. Yes, that was a that was just an innocent window, and look what I did to that. Yeah, <laughs> I and I bleh, 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 there's some real non-word garbage that from you from patented total <laughs> bullshit from Hess right there. But my point was also and in that corner of the ethical question that's one where i actually genuinely don't have an answer um because there are all sorts of things that i consume that at least somebody involved was um at least at the time of it being made was a total fucking asshole like yeah jackson pollock was a total cunt (laughs) but does that mean that like i don't ever get to enjoy a jackson pollock painting Right. You know, it like it, yeah. everybody is everybody is on their high horse until it comes to um, a medium or a piece of culture that they really like. And they're like, oh, but my kind of thing is fine. Don't worry about it. You know, it's it's not yeah. it's not just like <laughs> Hollywood bad boys that hit people. You know, there's all sorts of yeah. shitty people that do shitty things in all sorts of realms of the world, both highbrow and lowbrow, lowbrow. I mean, they're yeah. uh, some of the great the theatrical greats have been. Um, total fucking, you know, sewage fires. So it, it, yes. it's um, absolutely terrible people. I get. I what is it? Um, Brandon Fraser, Tom Hanks, and like I don't know. Those are the only two people who have never done anything. <laughs> yeah, well, bad. and probably <laughs> dozens and dozens of, of like female and non-male artists and actors, particularly. Oh yeah, There's, yeah, n- yeah. N- but I'm talking tes- about top of the testosterone. Testosterone like, makes you evil. Yeah, su- superstars, um, super duper stars, super <laughs> duper. Which stars. I I guess might unfortunately leave out Brendan Fraser. <laughs> uh, I mean, he definitely was. A, he was really the the top the the eye He's of the pyramid, king of the nineties, yeah, eye of the pyramid on the dollar for a, a, a hot minute there. And it's not easy to be king of the hill. It doesn't usually last very long. But yeah. the, the uh, we have uh, we have gone off the rails and and charted Completely. our own wagon train to Mexico, so let's yeah. drag our asses back over into Scrooged Land. Scrooged Land. Oh, and before I forget, I one time this is just going to be on the um, the Oops All Monsters bingo card is. Uh, Aaron saw somebody in Los Angeles one time. Is uh, that's great? Is I. Uh, somebody that I did see, why is my, um, is I saw Bobcat Goldthwait at a salad place one time. He <laughs> is. Yeah. And, uh, the thing is Bobcat Goldthwait in the modern world doesn't look like somebody you would notice unless you have an eye for it. He just <laughs> yeah. looks like a middle-aged guy. 
You know, he looks yeah. like maybe, you know, like a very friendly English teacher who's got an odd taste in shoes. You know, he's just yeah. a, a very jovial <laughs> person. He's uh, he's on the deep list of people that I totally clocked and then did not bother at all. Which, by the way, when you live in these places, that's what mostly you're supposed to do. Him, Mark Mothersbaugh, Mark Mothersbaugh, you're welcome. I totally did not bother you. In retrospect, <laughs> because you had a you had what was clearly like a 10 year old girl with you. And I was like, nah, yeah. if you were just doing that with your weird glasses on, I totally would harass you, Mark Mothers Bob. But what did what did Bobcat do with the salad? He was like leaving a place that I was also leaving. So there was like, you know, yeah. there was like nothing to it. He just must have been the, I, it, a lot of these random bullshit encounters I had is because I lived like on Wilshire Boulevard, which is a corridor that like is yeah. between all of the places you want to go in central yeah. Los Angeles. I, I've I've never been further west than El Paso, and I know Wilshire <laughs> Boulevard like well. Yeah, it's um. So there were like it just meant that if I went to a Starbucks, or it meant that like you know somebody else that you might see would be on their way to Santa Monica or Beverly Hills at that Starbucks. It's you know it's like yeah well. Bobcat is um, a lot of the meat that I uh, advertise for this pod. Uh, yeah. Um, Bobcat Gulfweight um, is categorized these days as an acerbic black comedy performer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cr- uh, uh, black comedy, huh? Because, yeah. because well, he's yeah. black comedy in the movies that he makes. But I don't think, I don't think yeah. that he's actually that. I don't think. I don't feel that he's kind of absurd and surreal. I don't really see him as a dark individual at all. I, he seems like a very I optimistic, it, jovial guy to me. It might just be that like um, uh, postal movie that he made. It's not not postal, but the other um, the movie that he made about just killing uh, celebrities. <laughs> yeah, that God bless America. <laughs> that's that's what I was looking for. Yeah, God bless America. Yeah, I've only for for the amount of times that I've seen Shakes the Clown, I've only seen this movie once. You know, I just think, man, like in in the interim since that's come out, the idea of like ironically hilarious murders has really taken a turn. Um, yeah. In terms of like you know being. You know, if you take it on the if you took like Paul Verhoeven and rubbed him on a magnet and then like dropped him into a round dish of water and 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 tried to see which way he pointed to indicate north, you you'd have been like, well, okay, north was apparently this was totally ironic and hilarious, you know, five years ago, and now you're like, yeah. oh shit, this yeah. is accurate, and and yeah. and the way the Paul yeah. Verhoeven like angles. Um, has has shifted so much that you're like I don't think that I don't, so a lot of these like mass shooting joke movies don't really play the way that I w- found them to play before. I mean, just recently when we well, were talking about because, Dread, and you know, Dread has yeah. Dread has is been around for fucking decades since the '70s as a as a property, and that it, it had a it was dipped in a lot of irony about the potential. For American violence yeah. as a culture, and now that yeah. you know that worm has turned into a totally different reality. Oh, I know that every everything is beyond parody, which makes a lot of comedies either obsolete or bizarre. Yeah, it, because 
uh, because I I mean there were things like um, a game show host was president of the entire nation. <laughs> yeah, right. There, there, there are certain <laughs> things like you know if you're talking about like bad religion, the band punk rock song like Stranger Than Fiction kind of bullshit. You're like, yeah, you yeah. you thought that we were we were going to have a Greg Graffin level of absurdity. Well, we rocketed straight out of um, Jello Biafra absurdity, and now we're just in fucking heavy metal, heavy metal magazine, like little little space yeah. dudes crawling in giantess vaginas absurdity. Like, don't even like, don't even fucking yeah. bother. Like, just just start yeah, doing cocaine in space. Yeah, I re I remember a while ago there was a thing. Um, I think it was a Batman comic where. Um, they depicted the future as having like uh, uwu anime girls as newscasters, mm, and mm -hmm. like back in the year two thousand four, that was hilarious. And like, yeah, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and now it is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we're past the we're past the naked news. Like, I'm. I think when we yeah. like. In the blink of a, in the blink of an eye, we're gonna have like Zoomer creators who totally take over culture, um, and I yeah. think that we really underestimate how efficiently they're gonna take over a lot of culture um, because they're gonna be yeah. so much more savvy at a lot of these like tools and levers. Yes. And yeah, and um, all of the all of the things that Generation X wanted to do. Uh, they're going to accomplish with their own brand. <laughs> and it's going to be bizarre. It's going to be bizarre for us who are still in the middle of it and are still probably going to be involved <laughs> <Yes>. with it. <laughs> Dear uh, future anti-ironic Zoomer creators of the future, please, please, please help us. We tried so hard <laughs> yeah. to, um, to, to shield you from the... From the, the the bullets and the the jaw smashing punches um, <laughs> that were so prevalent in our era, please 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 save us from um, I don't know what everything. <laughs> it's just it's going to be it's so hard to predict right now. I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, but that's also what this show is about: is to like pin down what is dangerous. You know, like mon monsters. Yeah. Monsters, even in comedies, are a, a a distillation of what we should be afraid of, or what what we should yeah. not be afraid of if it's ironic. You know, isn't it silly that we're afraid yeah. of that dumb thing? Um, or and or maybe we should take that thing more seriously, and yeah. none more so than. In, in Scrooge, where the the mundane is all is very terrifying, you know, just having an accurate portrayal of your own past is like the most yeah. emotionally un um like <sighs> tethering thing imaginable. I mean, just the device of actually being forced to watch yourself at like what was he like five or in that in, in that flashback yeah. i'm only four it's five pounds of veal yeah and uh, with it with his uh <laughs> with his brother playing his dad uh, as the yeah yeah <laughs> captain knuckles <laughs> yes don't watch too much tv it's bad for your eyes hey mommy merry christmas frankie angel merry christmas to you mama 
Charles Frankie Angel. How incredibly profound. I, I don't know. Did you, were you, how did you experience this, the ghost of Christmas future when you first saw it back in, what is this fucking 88, 89, this movie came out? Yeah. Um, 88, right. How, what was your, how did you feel about it? <laughs> like, did it, was it scary? Um, child Gavin really wanted to know more <laughs> about that yeah. monster that had more monsters inside yeah. of it. Because that's one of the coolest things that a monster could do, uh, to me, to Childhood Gavin, is to have more monsters inside mm -hmm. of it. Um, and Or to be a constructible monster, like that He-Man thing that smelled so good. Like, <laughs> yeah, like... Moss Man smelled like <laughs> something weird. Um, Not Moss Man, the thing that you could oh, build. Oh, 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 like... uh, Modulock. Yeah, so There Modulok. were two buildable ones, but the original oh. one, the red guy, was Modulock. They eventually, they later on made yeah. a Modulock ripoff that was, um, like, robotic. But anyway. A robot, yeah. Um, which was like, <laughs> which would be what? Like, modular? Uh, I forget what his fucking name was. <laughs> Regular module. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the thing that I liked uh, was just more monster. Yeah. So, that's what got me. I didn't really think about changing my future much when I was 12. <laughs> no. But which is how I ended up here. <laughs> uh, running, running a podcast about gremlins. Running a podcast. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of ways that the Ghost of Christmas Future that that the Ghost of Christmas Future succeeds. One is it definitely implies a lot. It's kind of like a, a the 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 TV and the little like soul goblins trapped in the rib cage. They both yeah. imply what's behind the changing curtain it's kind of a russian nesting vcr of horrors where you're like there's you know yeah. it's just kind of a cheap gag but it is actually <laughs> really making you go like oh god what is that and and you you want a movie yeah, just it's, like it's, about that thing yeah it's it's i'm gonna remember that forever because i saw it as a kid and loving monsters as a kid First of all, it's the Grim Reaper, which I loved because of like '80s metal and van art <laughs> and crap like that. Because yeah. the Grim the Grim Reaper was like the king of all coolness that mm -hmm. you could have, um, like on your album cover or like as a drawing on your desk. And so, you know, step one, Grim Reaper accomplished. Step two, more monsters in it accomplished. Step three, it has a television for a hand. Yes, right. The which means it could be anything. Yeah, the, yeah. the very simple <laughs> meta gag of that the face is not a skull, but a skull shown yeah. on a little tube TV is like so cheap, but so good. And yeah. uh, and so that you can have it like snow out and glitch out. And so with it in, yeah. in the modern, you're, you're able to make a commentary in an incredibly, an incredibly lazy way that this character who is yeah. obsessed with television and obsessed with kind of the, 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 the business of it and really doesn't give a flying fuck about the implications because ultimately one of the main things about Scrooge is he's, you know, he's, he's selling these bombastic grandma exploding, um, kind of <laughs> yeah. like Tom Noonan in Last Action Hero, 
um, uh, yeah. body count movies on prime time during Christmas. He's selling he's selling TNA and Uzis to families yeah. who should be still having some kind of values. And that that criticism yeah. is one that has, if anything, gotten juicier in the in, in the ensuing years. Um, and yeah. that he comes around to being somebody that and don't let me um, I don't know. Don't let me bite into this too much if this is, is going to be a main thing. But no, this, this is good. This, if you have not seen Scrooge, this is going to be a little bit lost on you. So, oh, my God, this Christmas season, watch Scrooge, you bastards. Yeah, watch Bill because Murray. <laughs> I have seen a lot of Bill Murray. And of yeah. all of the things I've seen Bill Murray do, he seems to really... Um, I really want to know how many takes they did of that weird fourth wall breaking conclusion to the film where he goes at the audience and comes at the camera and is doing this kind of uh, fifth dimensional thing where you're on the opposite end of the, we're on the opposite end of the camera as the movie watching audience and he's going at the the yeah. television watching audience in the in the film reality and he is having this kind of like it's kind of like the opposite of a breakdown he's having a break up where he's he's collapsing yeah. he's like he's he's evolving into a new pokemon on screen <laughs> where he was this crass self-interested scrooge right and yeah. and 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 yeah, he the, turns um, and he really like he does so much work with his voice breaking and his and he's actually crying tears. It is like it is one of the most yeah. vulnerable things I've ever seen on screen. It reminds me of Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt, where you like somebody help this man. The sleeper has awakened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, uh, there's another build up to that too is that he breaks down after every visit and does kind of like a uh, a character break where he interrupts the Christmas Carol production and goes on a yeah. little rant and the final one he addresses the the movie watching audience yeah it, it's it's which like it builds and builds until the point that the movie's trying to make is directly like told to you by Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, I, there are, I mean, there are pluses and minuses to, you know, I'm sure that in the in the leather patches on the houndstooth jacket era of Siskel and Ebert when this came out, that there that there were people <laughs> that were, um, you know, smoking their. American spirits and and criticizing it for being too uh, direct and on the nose. But I, I like yeah. every single time I see this damn movie, I put it in because I'm like, ah, this movie's so fucking funny and hilarious. It's like it's the it's, it's the best Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. And then I it gets it gets me by surprise every time. Like it gets to, it gets to the scene where I'm like, oh shit, there's gonna be the little kid and he's gonna talk, and he's and there's gonna be the, yeah. the girls that basically have their like tits hanging out with the with the dancers, and they're they're not gonna staple yeah. the mouse, and then he's gonna be talking at the camera and 
you know, like uh, yeah. uh, what's her face from uh, from uh, from uh, what's the one where Jeff Bridges is a space alien from Starman is going to come out. What the hell's her name? <laughs> Karen Allen's going to come out. She's going to look all, uh, you know, yeah. she's going to look all dimpled and and vulnerable. And his voice is going to crack. Yeah. And there's I just can't I cannot think of another cinematic example that both destroys the conventions of cinema itself by uh, and then simultaneously succeeds at like communicating something to the audience and also um doing it successfully like i don't ever feel like i'm being pandered yeah. to i feel like i feel like yeah. i feel like bim bilberry it's... is actually talking to me every time it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We, we, we smile a little easier. We, 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 we share a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. It's a miracle. It's really a sort of a miracle because it happens every Christmas Eve. And if you waste that miracle, you're going to burn for it. I know what I'm talking about. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. You do have to get involved. There are people that are having, having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people that don't have enough to eat. There are people that are cold. You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and say, here, you can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here. I get it now. And if you, if you give, then, you, then it can happen. Then the miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's, it's everybody who's got to have this miracle. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, you, you, the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it to happen again tomorrow. You won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You'll want it every day of your life, and it can happen to you. I, don't, I believe in it now. I believe it's going to happen to me now. I'm ready for it. And uh, it's great. It's a good feeling. It's, it's really better than I felt in a long time. And the performance builds up so natural. Like I said, until he talks directly to you, it's, it's all um, like culminated to that point naturally. Yeah. So that um, this this movie really got the Dickens retooled out of it. <laughs> God damn it. Stop, stop trying to make Dickens retooling happen, Gavin. Who wants to come over here and retool Grandpa's Dickens? It's just not going to fly. Hi there. My name is Douglas Rassensberger, and I'm the CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack, and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas's Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a colors for that. 
a middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a cutlass for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be possibly affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield Iron Forge Cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Raffersmer of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters. Um, were you, God damn it, were you able to, to determine who the fuck uh, uh, this guy that was actually in the Ghost of Christmas Future suit is? Oh, because, who was in the suit? No, yeah, I didn't. Because I, I, looking I'll, at it, I'll it's, look it's, it. I mean, <laughs> IMDB goes to say it's some guy named Chaz Connor. But yeah. uh, there is, I see nothing about who Chaz Connor is. It sounds like a fake name to me. <laughs> um, it sounds like, you know. He's it's, known for Scrooged and Meet the Hollowheads. <laughs> right. It, it, that sounds to me like another case where we have a grip or a gaffer who was like stuck inside of a thing. And be like, all right, yeah. turn to the left, Chaz. All right, turn yeah. to the right, Chaz. Which is <laughs> yeah. not the first time on this show that we've had like all right you're going to you're going to wear the shitty suit like uh, the like, know, the guy in the in the skin of evil suit for armus yeah i will kill kind of had the same the, shitty job yeah the story of two gun corky hmm? um have you seen unforgiven yeah yeah i mean but i do not remember it well okay uh well they they there was a part where um Oh, what's his name? The the awesome actor who's in it, uh, who played Little Bill. Gene Hackman. Gene fucking Hackman. Yeah, how did I forget Gene Hackman? Yeah, well, where, did you the, did you pick yeah, your feet? The, did you, <laughs> you take your shoes off? You take your socks off? You sit on the edge of the bed? Did you pick your feet in Poughkeepsie? Anyway, go ahead. The uh, yeah, the uh, script called for Gene Hackman to tell a story, and it wasn't quite fleshed out. And one of the grips oh. was named Corky. And the grip Corky said, sometimes they call me two guns. And then he said, it's because my dick is so long. (laughs) (laughs) And so Gene Hackman and, and Clint Eastwood thought that that was so funny that they put it in the movie. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, I can really, that's, yeah, that's definitely how that would happen. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, Chaz Connor. (laughs) Get in the suit, Chaz. Uh, yeah, if anybody knows who the shit Chaz Connor is... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's probably nobody. It's probably a guy who they just started calling Chaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if anybody can tell us who the fuck Chaz Connor was, who was... Yeah, watch Chaz to, Connor email the show. <laughs> who can confirm that he was the, uh, the ghost of Christmas future. We want to credit you appropriately. Um, yeah. if you're not just some intern named Blaine who got renamed for, uh, guild purposes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the picture for Chaz Connor 
is the Grim Reaper from the production that Bill Murray was making, not the yes. I, I yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I had it yeah. I had it on my new bullet points written down for this subject. But we do all, all we do have to mention that there are two layers of Ghost of Christmas Future. There is yes. there is the fake one that you're referring to that is in the production of um uh you know the 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 tale the Scrooge tale the actual Dickens story that they're making in the film reality of the TV yeah. special that they're making in the movie Scrooged, and then yeah. there's the <laughs> actual one that yeah. that he gets into the elevator with and thinks is that one, but is actually the bizarre VHS nightmare thing. Oh, it's you, creep. God, aren't you supposed to be in the studio? We're on the air. Hey, back off, big man. That may work with the checks, but not with me. (laughs) If you see one and not the other, you'd be like, okay, it's like, like because one of them looks like a spirit Halloween gag that you would put on your porch, and the other one is um, on a different fucking level. Yeah, is is an entire set piece of uh, portented doom. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of... um, it's kind of a what's what do they call it? It's like the '80s trapper keeper style of the like sunset going over the grid. With the, uh, oh, it it's kind of the it's kind of the vaporwave Grim Reaper is uh, oh vaporwave yeah, <laughs> yeah. is the, the 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 ghost of Christmas future is yeah and it, it, I, I'm gonna tip my hand toward this, but if the vaporwave grip if the vaporwave Grim Reaper is not bitch and Van Art, I don't fucking know what is. Oh yeah, um, because well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> All right, maybe it'll get. I'll <laughs> cut it out. So um, yeah. What, um, what else do you have in your notes before I throw us into? What do I have in my notes? Something that I just realized is that um, uh, Frank Cross, Bill Murray, yeah, is making a Christmas Carol, and at no point I I or I think at no point does he say. I'm in a Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. You know, I it, it, I wonder if that's something that had a a place in the script, and then they just took it out for some yeah, for some reason. It would have been a better move to take it out too. It it was the right move because I didn't notice it either that there were two Christmas carols being told. Oh, I didn't sure. notice that at all. Because oh, when he's yelling at the crew, you're you're viewing him as like, okay, he's a producer, not the producer of a Christmas Carol. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is which is just now, like 30, 40 years later, hilarious. And it it's this movie keeps giving you the laughs. <laughs> this is definitely an era where Bill Murray was obsessed with being meta. Um, yeah, because it's it, I mean, how can you get more meta than um, than Groundhog Day? Right. I mean, right. The, and right. It, it is a, 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 <laughs> And usually the answer would not be work with um, famed director Richard Donner. I mean, Richard Donner gener- <laughs> yeah. generally is more associated with things exploding and things getting yeah. shot with submachine guns, both of which we're, yeah. you know, fans of in the 80s. I mean, he's incredible. Oh, absolutely. Goonies and um, Superman and and some of my favorite, like, movies of, of that era. Um, yeah. Uh, his office was actually directly above ours when I worked in Beverly Hills. The Donner company oh, yeah. <laughs> was directly above the company where I worked. 
um, yeah, I went up there one time and um, Opie like looked at me. I was as we're getting back in the elevator. <laughs> just like <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sure he was just like, why is that guy so awkward? I'm like, God damn it, Opie. You could have just, yeah. just, yeah. just looked at another another direction. I will kill you. Uh, yeah. Richard, Richard Donner is fantastic, but you don't necessarily associate him with subtle and um, dimension breaking absurdist yeah. critiques of like modern uh, modern understanding of television and film. So I, yeah. I have to I have to say that it's got to be probably to a great extent Bill Murray um, forcing his influence on on the project in various ways. But it, it's it's meta yeah. as fuck. I mean, in, in certain ways, it's more meta than Groundhog Day. Um, yeah. They're both characters that are kind of like. Um, despite all their rage, not being able to punch out of the genre that they're in. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's noteworthy. I think, uh, I think there was just a period where Bill Murray was trying to be sharp enough to get out of the VHS box. And, you know, in yeah. certain ways he succeeded. Bill Murray and Buster Poindexter Johansson are really good friends in real life. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, that yeah. kind of makes sense. They're, I, I really want to know <laughs> yeah. what the fuck David Johansson does as a in between every fifteen to or so years he invents yeah. a new persona to <laughs> yeah. take on a new form of like media. Yeah, he kind of does like lounge singing like i i think he's taken like a a wise old piano player in a bar kind of roles now he seems to be an interesting guy i'm kind of weird oh absolutely. i'm kind of weird because i'm like a punkish person that has absolutely no interest in the new york dolls like yeah. I, I find them to be culturally noteworthy but i don't really like yeah. the band as a band yeah um, i didn't get into him that it much. just I mean, it, to me, it sounds more like pop music than it sounds like punk. It, it's yeah. just like, I mean, I r appreciate that they were kind of like breaking conventions, but. Yeah, they were, they were pretty significant, but uh, before our time. Eh, and I just don't get, I just, it doesn't, it's not music I want to listen to, you know, like you, there, yeah. you could destroy like cultural conventions and still not be a band I want to listen to. Like, I get that Kiss yeah. was, like, culturally relevant, but I never want to listen to Kiss. Some people yeah. really like listening uh, to Kiss. I'm like, this is pop music. I this know. is, like, vague I rock and roll. I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's it's just kind of rock and rolly. It's not, like, yeah. gonna blow your mind. I mean, I'd rather hear fucking Bob It's, it's really good. Kiss. It's well put together. They're definitely all, like, Juilliard-level musicians, but it's nothing, like, inventive. Yeah, or... I'm gonna listen to Cream 10 out of 10 times before I listen to Kiss. And I'm like, this is, yeah. like, <laughs> this is good rock and roll. Well, no, that's a good segue into a point that I was gonna make. Um... You know who else got me into punk rock other than just punk rock was uh, Bobcat fucking Goldthwait. Well, yeah, well, Bobcat. Okay, is it is it because <laughs> of um, Police Academy? It was definitely because of Police Academy. Before I ever even heard a single note of punk rock music, I knew exactly what lifestyle I wanted to live when I grew <laughs> up, and it was it was and it was Bobcat Goldthwait's lifestyle in the Police Academy movie. It was the the great shrieking villain in, uh, in yeah. Police Academy. He, yeah. he was definitely, I'm sure that there's a million and one interviews with Bobcat talking about his 
um, ambivalence of having to be that character of doing the like, yeah. ah, like character yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that period, he was still totally establishing himself as being somebody who was like on the scene. So, I mean, like, I think Police yeah. Academy was kind of his splash to anybody in the broader world having a sense of who he was. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's he, we're not quite at like hot to trot at that point. Um, yeah. And so I think that. He was probably still enjoying doing that character because, I mean, that's probably yeah. like the high point for that character, I would say. I don't know. Yeah, the fact the fact that he was portraying a punk rock maniac also kind of did sync up. <laughs> yeah. What was it about? What was it about the Bob? I don't, I'd have to look up what that character was called. But what was it about that movie and him in that movie that seemed to be appealing? Well, to me was the fact that I I paid attention to him and saw him and understood him, which was something bizarre. Like I understood that character completely. I was like, yeah, that I know what that guy's saying. It's really frustrating <laughs> to be alive. That's that's really yeah. I mean, to, I take sentiment and and find meaning in little things all the time too. Yeah, and then I look around and nobody knows what he's saying and they're laughing and. <laughs> And then I think, well, that's what happens to me. I Everybody just laughs whenever I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, I wonder if... So, that's what made me fall in love with Bobcat Goldthwait. Shut up! <laughs> don't touch that dial and stay out! His name is Robert Francis. Um, yeah. he's He was also childhood friends with... Uh, 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 Tom Kenny or SpongeBob. Tom Kenny. Yeah, Tom Kenny. Uh, they called him Bobcat and Tomcat. Oh yeah, because I've I've heard him do interviews on podcasts about them, just like their weird fucked up career, like early shit. Yeah. Uh, if did you did you ever hear? Have you ever heard Tom Kenny talk about how he got to the SpongeBob voice? No. He heard. I I'm gonna get part. I'm gonna get it half wrong, but the the the, the gist of it is he was like. On he was like in line for some gig. He was like in the, he was waiting at like a a call for some gig, and he was like in the waiting room or he was adjacent to actually like doing an audition. And there was a a little person performer who just like flipped out at like the the producer or their agent like right in front of him. <laughs> oh man. And th and then l later on he just conjured up <laughs> that voice of his best take on that little person performer like yeah. for a character and that's SpongeBob's voice. SpongeBob is <laughs> The voice of a, 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 um, a really angry little person uh, about the, the tribulations yeah. of their Hollywood reality in the moment. Yeah, which is strange. I do, I do have a note here. Um, man, everything's lining up. I, I had a note here about how I was going to prove that goblins exist. But um, do, do you remember <laughs> okay. the... Uh, do you, yeah, do you remember the Meatwad voice I used to do before Meatwad? Would you, you want some of my milk? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah that well, one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's based on a real person, too, <laughs> who used to throw fits and um, have trouble with things. And it, 
it's not a very nice thing to do to impersonate yeah, him. I, but that's how I came to that voice was uh, watching somebody lose their shit and just <laughs> also happen to have a, a high pitched uh, funny voice. Yeah. So you want some of my milk? <laughs> yeah. Right. There, there is. Yeah. No. You. Yeah. You were doing that way before. Um, before Meatwad was around, um, I mean that. I mean well, that, and I think that's how people get to. Vo- I mean, it's like everything. I you know, I talk to the kids that I'm teaching, and I say, like, look, you're 12. Imitate other things. Imitate existing things. When I, you know, if you're in art class, try to do so. You know, you should be copying. You know, this isn't math. <laughs> it's, you're not looking at somebody yeah. else's test. If you're in art, if you're making a video game in Scratch. If you're if you're creating a new thing, you know, steal and emulate. Like, don't copy and paste. Like, d- yeah. do the work of trying to recreate something that's successful. Because at this at this point, that is ninety nine percent of what your brain needs to do is to emulate yeah. existing pieces, and and you will naturally put a spin on it. That will take it in a yeah. direction whether you like it or not. Until you come up with get the garbage out. And that doesn't yes. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily you rub and that doesn't necessarily go away. I guarantee Jim Carrey in 2021 is still just taking things that he sees in life and doing if I just do that as hard as I can, if I make my 101% impression of that, it's going to come out as something that is uh saleable. There is this interview with Tim Curry, a black and white deadpan BBC interview where he is talking to this guy. I'm going to have to link it in the show. I'm going to put clips yeah, of it I in here. I just watched that. Oh, did I did I send that to you? Was that was that did I leave um, that to you? No, no. I just watched it on like That's on my weird. own. The black and white one where he's talking yeah. to the guy that looks like he's got a like he looks like he does IT for um pirate yeah. radio. Well, it, it, the, yeah. <laughs> or, there's a thing where he talks about how did you get the where did you come up with the accent for Frankenfurter? It was a little used, I think. Um, so then we tried it American. And it was Jim Sharman, the director's idea to make him um, the sort of Belgravia hostess with the masters. So in the, and and I remembered being on a bus once when uh, a, a very sort of Debbie lady in a headscarf turned to a friend who was, who was sitting in front of me and she said, do you have a heist in the town or a heist in the country? And the phrase had always stuck in my mind and so that's the voice that I used. I see. Um, it became a sort of trademark of it, really. So... But it, but <laughs> it is 109% the... the <laughs> And I really would love to hear if some, you know, if we got somebody to somebody in the UK, because, you know, the UK is probably our our third or fourth, like, um, listening zone. We've got, you know, the US, Canada, and then the UK is third now that we have, like, a little bit higher numbers. So we've got got a couple of listeners over there, at least. So, hello, I'm sorry we we make fun of the way you speak. I never did anything like this one. If anybody could could assign to us exactly what the micro accent of that... um, House in the town or house in the country. Oh, yeah, um, that Tim Curry is uh, doing as Frankenfurter. Well, what's her name from Black Books did that uh, in the young ones to imitate posh people? It is ve- yeah, it's very. Um, yes. it's ve- I've got a Porsche. <laughs> Daddy sends hogs. Yes, it's it is very close to that. Um, it is very Footlights College in yeah. in Young Ones. Footlights College. Yeah. Um, up scumbag. 
Uh, and <laughs> yeah. but I would I know that there must be a micro accent that that he because because yeah, so it was even come it up was, to the lab. Yeah, it was it was even novel enough lab. to him to to you know to put it in a jar and make sure to to hold on to yeah. it for later use. Um, so and also, <laughs> Daddy uh, uh, happy Christmas, Tim Curry. Glad that you are uh, still with us. We yeah, all, Merry Christmas, Tim Curry. <laughs> uh, we all are so glad that you are a person on planet Earth. Yeah. So what was it? What was it you said earlier about proving that goblins exist? <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm on a big thing lately where I'm gonna uh, pretty much realign reality so that people believe in goblins. Um, okay, sounds e- sounds and easy. How does that work? Yeah, well, the biggest source of that is just that like particular people exist, but wh- why the hell can't they be goblins? <laughs> uh, okay, well, here's a fun game. <laughs> Who is a goblin? Uh, are you t- uh, hold on? Are you saying that David Johansson is proof that goblins are real? Kind of. <laughs> David Johansson, Bobcat Goldthwait. The idea that um, magical personalities exist, and that um, a lot of vague mischief that happens, who that that's left um, to the unknown. Like, who did this? Well, probably a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> So that essentially that like certain mischievous characters stand in for the um, the ephemeral entropy that steals steals the socks from our drawers and um, and and breaks the breaks the bells off of the Christmas tree uh, and I don't know, feeds stray cats or something. Yeah, and it's and it's because of things like um, you know squirrels and 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 Bobcat Goldthwait and, <laughs> and and little Kevin that lives down the road that go- goblins exist. <laughs> Our, okay, all right. If if their if their magical person noteworthy personality is uh, abundant in the world, and obviously it is, then. Uh, we could just go along with the theory that somewhere in between the known and the unknown are goblins. Are bobcat goldwaits. Are bobcat goldwaits. Somewhere in between the bob and the cat is a is a is a gob, gob, yeah. goblin goblin I've, I've also been practicing my my puppet hand, so maybe we could do some syphil and ollie stuff. <laughs> you just you do you just gesticulate. With your hand and and talk to it, or is there? Yeah, a, are, I, you, are you doing lifting weights one finger at a time? I'm doing a lot of things with my hands lately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like hashtag I know a lot of moms. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna write a book on how to have a happy romantic relationship in your 40s. Any closing thoughts on the ghost of Christmas future from 1988's Scrooged? It's never too late to um I I guess change being a rich prick <laughs> if you're a rich prick. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, uh, like, what if, one, if you have enough money to accomplish several things, 
like uh-huh. several things that would in the bottom line look like it cost you nothing then maybe you should do that it's it, it's hmm yeah it's funny there i are there are there real life examples that are knowable of people having this kind of like pokemon style evolution of going from go you know going Some going people. from shitbag to saint does cuz i it, oh, there's examples not that of that no but not 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 necessarily none that i can think of because um there's there's an incredible amount of negativity in the world right now like more so than usual and it's noticeable people are noticing this and everybody's got something to say and the majority of it is negative or critical or um or even a protest and um during all of this some people are trying to put themselves in space uh uh-huh. and um some people can't do literally have no pot to piss in <laughs> Even in the late 80s, there was such a more um, crystallized and organized center sense of what was, like, good and appropriate and valuable that that there would have been really a, a, a cultural consensus that, okay, Frank Cross is an asshole because he's an evil capitalist who only looks out for himself. And yeah. like the the disambiguation of the the worth of those values in the ensuing, you know, uh, twenty plus years, has really made it like you know we have held up a lot of people who are the most. I mean, kids now more know the name of more billionaires than they know the name of scientists. Yeah, uh, we've turned the 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 cult of the fat cat into a uh, a TikTok celebrity meme, where um, you know they a, a lot of them can name more can t- talk more extensively about um, billionaires than they know than about um, presidents or generals or whatever whatever the whatever yeah. the fuck used to be the thing that you would give a shit about astronauts. as a voice. Yeah, yeah, astronauts for sure. Yeah. It was astronauts, rock stars, cowboys. and then, yeah, cowboys, astronauts. And there was probably something in between cowboys and astronauts. And there's not even anything. <laughs> Gangsters. And there's not even anything essentially good about those archetypes that are, but uh, the the idea that yeah. um, ambition as its own aim, it now has it has a virtue, is, is like a, a real a real incredible fundamental flaw in the national cultural, national cultural (laughs) character where, you know, the lesson would really be Frank Cross should really just double down, um, you know, and and launch himself and his towels into space, uh, to, to, to put the first like satellite station on Venus or whatever. Yeah. And the, (laughs) one of these damn satellite stations is in the sky like uh above my house constantly and i keep thinking it's 
awesome that I can see that planet and star so close. Uh-huh. No, it's some asshole's satellite. <laughs> Just go out and fire a thirty thirty at it and see if you <laughs> No, that'll never see. <laughs> Unfortunately, owning a lot of guns also makes me familiar with how they work, and that's not going to no, work. No, you just might accidentally... <laughs> Yeah, just might yeah. accidentally kill a cow in in um, you know yeah. like Eastern Kentucky, like half, halfway to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> All right. So uh, I um I think that the Ghost of Christmas feature is it's a very well executed art department gag, and yes. it definitely succeeds at communicating what it's meant to communicate in an, even in, with an incredibly brief amount of screen time. Yes. Um, and Scrooged is the best holiday movie yeah. ever. And kudos to Karen Allen for making the uh, romantic aspect, who was Belle in the original Dickens, um, mm. like uh, front and center, because Belle was just kind of thrown away in the Dickens. Yeah, she's and just... Ever since this got the Dickens retold out of it, then... Yeah, uh, she's fucking phenomenal and is able to sell that somebody would actually, like be in love with bill murray which i don't think is yeah. necessarily always the easiest <laughs> thing to do um, yeah uh you know it, it takes it takes very skilled actresses to do it all right well yeah. um well fuck yeah the ghost of christmas future i have v- good topic there good topic yeah good topic i'm glad we picked all the meat out of that pod bean <laughs> Oh, get your protein. Get your get protein, your protein okay. from Oops All Monsters, where we give you podcast protein. <laughs> that sounds like we're making a jizz joke, and I'm not. I guess. <laughs> if your mind goes there. <laughs> I will kill you. This is the part of the show where we have to ask ourselves. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Yeah, this one's an easy one. Uh, the yeah, the, the Ghost of Reaper Christmas feature is, bit- is Grim Reaper is bitch and Van Art. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I never would have thought about it, but it, yeah, you just, you combine um, video video store uh, yeah. snow with the Grim Reaper, and you've got one hell of a bitchin' piece of Van yeah, Art. You got so TV head and goblin rib cage, and big pointy big pointy hand. What else could you want for Christmas? So, yeah. Yeah. Now it's a very, very easy one. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? We still doing Tom Hardy? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pick something else for next time, I think. Okay. Um, Because I think that's about all the Tom Hardy we need. I mean, I could talk (laughs) about Tom Hardy forever, but. um, Yeah. We could talk about Nick Cave forever, too, but. Yeah. Gotta change him up. The segment on the show where we describe Tom fucking Hardy. There we go. That is... <laughs> in, oh, that was instant. In resources? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the left one, not as relevant, but the right one is something. Yeah. Um, all right, so welcome to the part of the show where we describe uh, thespian, um, t- top-shelf... Sigh and grunt performer and all around husky bro uh, Tom Hardy. Um, <laughs> what? How can you? How will you? How would you describe the image that I have put before you to our audience? <laughs> he doesn't look like Tom. 
he looks like um one of the more one of the more well-mannered yinzers. <laughs> he I, looks like another yinzer. Yeah, I didn't. I, I guess what I'm learning is that when Tom is being like wacky or casual, he, yeah. he gives off he gives off real like uh, basement uncle energy. He's like yeah. he's like trucker hats, no shirts and yeah. um, kind of like caffeinated selfies. Um, yeah, it's really it seems to be what he's into. I'm if feeling you leave, good today. If you leave him alone for too long. So objectively, yeah. he's got his shirt off. He's taking a selfie with a hat, and he's doing kind yeah. of a a jokery grin at the camera, like yeah. uh, like he's doing a, a shitty version of Cribs, but just for a girl he's trying to get on a Tinder date. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like he's, it's a very, like, yeah, this picture is definitely like, um, a normal person would take this picture to try and impress, uh, like you said, a, a, a profile on like a, a dating site or Tinder or whatever. But since it's Tom Hardy and he knows he's Tom Hardy, he's taking this picture and thinking it's great that I look like some dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, well, now that I'm looking at it, the, the the his face and the fact that he's like holding the camera up in this way, it kind of looks like the POV of a dog that he's just purchased. Oh yeah, does that make any sense? <laughs> like he's yeah. just brought this dog home, and he's like, "Hey, you're yeah. gonna love your new house." Yeah, that is a puppy grin. If I've ever seen it, <laughs> I got this puppy. He's a good dog. <laughs> Um, it is. It's very delightful. It's lo- it's lots no, of teeth and teeth and and cheeks and big eyes. It's very yeah. Teeth, cheeks, big eyes, and mirth. Yeah, I, that's what I think I like about Tom Hardy's uh, <laughs> private enthusiasm. It's a it's a puppy enthusiasm. Yeah. Oh, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. All right. So this has been <laughs> the segment on the show where we describe Tom fucking Hardy. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time, when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that helps a lot. I have a Twitch channel that I haven't been on very much lately, but I will be on it again. Okay, cool. It's... Gavin Longshanks at Twitch. Gavin Longshanks is the Twitch channel. Share, share an episode on your favorite social media, please, if you would. And hit up our Instagram at oopsallmonsters for the images that go along with each episode. And also, if you um, feel like we're doing something that is worth tossing a coin into the potion fund for... We really would appreciate it. Hit us up over at um, paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters for a one-shot contribution that will get your name shouted out on the show. Use a pseudonym if you want. Call yourself um, the Statue of Liberty in Ghostbusters 2 if you want. We don't care. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found at YouTube as The Darling Kathleen's. 
Uh, yes, en- engage with us. Engage. Engage with us. Send us emails. Comment on the Instagram. Do all of the things. You can reach us directly. We're so low. <laughs> uh, eh, I don't know. Or uh, me. Uh, yeah. Um, just me and my robots. Just me and my robots. That's true. <laughs> don't let, don't let them know it's true. Um, no, okay. No, okay. Well, it isn't true. I, I, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, and with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. And we have been. Oops. It's a month. Oops. All ghosts of Christmas futures. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. All right. Cutting this fucking All right. Daddy sends hugs. <laughs> that moron on the air. Oh, um, Bryce Cummings is the idiot, sir. But he can't talk to you right now because he's tied up. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. In fact, he just said that you were a flatulating butthead. A butthead? He said he never felt that way about a man before, but he really liked you in a certain way. I I will kill you.